another Disney park is shutting down, DCA is ready to open up Buena Vista Street, and the holidays have hit Central Florida. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to the Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where he's eagerly anticipating this month's groundbreaking of the world's largest white castle that just so happens to be near Walt Disney World. The man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Every other week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. Henry, on a scale from 1 to 10, how awesome was it to see that footage of the Muppets character experience at the Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom holiday celebration? That seemed pretty cool. It was cool, but uh, I think... I would have liked to see some actual like audio interaction uh, with the yeah. crowd and stuff, uh, or at least with each other. Uh, like uh, I've seen stuff like that before, where well, I wouldn't say with with the Muppets or with puppets, but uh, like at uh, Universal's Hollywood, they'll have uh, like the honeymooners or like uh, I Love Lucy characters, like up in the windows and they'll they'll yell down at the people below and they do kind of like you know little like back and forth with people or with or between themselves and stuff talking about the people and i i kind of kept expecting them to actually say something and it was just no audio and i think that was a bit disappointing it was good that I liked seeing them. I wish they would have had more than one out at a time. Maybe, you know, like Kermit and Miss Piggy out in different windows and they could look at each other and and then whatnot. (laughs) And and I guess that's where I would expect, definitely expect some audio interaction. They did with, uh, with, uh, with Gonzo Gonzo and the, and the chickens, but, uh, but it was like, um, yeah, it was a, a bit, I, I would say just kind of like, oh, then disappointment. Yeah. So for those for those that haven't seen it yet, first of all, definitely do a search for uh, Muppets Magic Kingdom holiday time. I don't know what holiday celebration. Uh, but basically, it, they're reviving that kind of, I guess, temporarily reviving they a former kind of similar show um called Great Moments in American History that was above Liberty Square, that was in Liberty Square. And in the building that they're performing, there's kind of like, a, it's like the second or third story. There's a few windows that the Muppets will pop out of and they kind of have, they move around, they kind of react to the crowd. Um, and yeah, they just kind of pantomime for a few minutes. It was It was, it caught everybody by surprise. I think that was the... I think that was the big one. So it closed earlier in like February. Um, I think it was this year. And so just the fact that they brought it back with no announcement was kind of a big deal and a surprise. So definitely go look it up 
Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, man. Like it definitely, you want, you see the Muppets, you want like something big, uh, or at least you want to be able to hear them. <laughs> that feels like, especially if uh, if it's been a while, you, you kind of expect it. But uh, I also feel like with the Muppets, at least when it comes to Disney, it is such an underutilized franchise uh, and aspect of all the parks. Like I think there, there's maybe like, two or three Muppet experiences in all of uh, all of the Disney parks that anytime you see him, it's like you just are thankful, right? Like it's you'll you're kind of like a starving person looking for just any kind of crumb of uh, of food that uh, to consume and you'll and you'll be happy. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to see the Muppets. I'm happy that they're not forgotten. I think the last Muppet kind of thing was uh was regal eagle that restaurant mm. uh so so it's like you know certainly we have no muppets representation really on the west coast at uh at disneyland we had uh muppet vision 3d we had that at dca for a while and that's that's long gone so right now we have like no muppet representation right like i would i would be totally happy if the muppets just sprung out in some random building at dca yeah i mean it's it's one of those things where i think if you're going to I, I mean, I, I agree to some degree on that, uh, is that, uh, if you're going to, if you're going to show the Muppets, at least let's hear something, uh, like go the, that next step. I mean, it, it's, it was great seeing them, but you want to hear them. Cause I think one of the things that at least it looked like to me in the video is that the, you, I mean, I imagine there's going to be some people who can, who can see him but it isn't clear and i think he wasn't necessarily pantomiming as far as like uh the fozzy they were like people kept saying waka 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 and it, <laughs> to get like you know a reaction out of fozzy and yeah i think he was reacting to him to some degree but they didn't know it and they kept like waka 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 and he's like is he getting it? I mean, is he getting it? And then finally, <laughs> yeah. towards the end, he was like, "Ah, oh, okay, he's he's calling for it now." But I mean, it's like let's let's have some audio, and maybe it's just a, a matter yeah. of time that they will add that at at some point. But I think uh, you know, you want the do good. I mean, if you're going to show them, go that extra step you know get some audio even if it's just like interacting with each other uh and not necessarily with a crowd you could do that they do that generic audio where you can you can get the like that generic you know so it's you just play that sound bite to hey can somebody say waga 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 or something like that <laughs> and, and then you know it's yeah. just something they can play over and over again but you know something you know if you can't have actual like people there who can who can mimic those voices um but yeah i just i want the full experience if you're gonna if you're gonna do it go go full full go go for it all the way don't just half step it Oof. you're not henry's not settling for a taste this guy wants the full meal well it's just you know it's disappointing uh, if you don't get the full experience type thing, it's yeah, yeah. I think, I, like I said, I think it's, I think it's the uh, the aspect of not expected, not something that was announced. There's a lot of kind of nostalgia built around it, so it's kind of like a surprise. It's not necessarily that uh, you're going there expecting to see this, so uh, but uh, but sure, yeah, man, hey, I'll 
I'll take uh, I'll take a voices and maybe a little bit of a show any day from the Muppets. Um, I, I got to imagine, man, that's got to be a tough, uh, tough gig, especially if then you're you're adding in voice and you've got to act to uh, to the voice. If you're if you're one of the puppeteers there. Mm. Well, I mean, I don't think it's that hard. I mean, it's, if you're a puppeteer, you should oh, be. Uh-oh. You should be. Well, Here I mean, we go. Shots well, fired. I'm not going to say it's if you're a puppeteer, that should be something you're used to doing. And I think if you have pre-recorded sound bites, then you can practice mimicking those those sound bites and you can actually choose what you're going to be saying. So, I mean, this is stuff that you can actually practice for um, if un- unless you can actually do the voice and then you should be able to act it out yourself. I mean, that's part of being an actor. I mean, this, this type of actor, if, if that's your job, that's which should be, I mean, and to be fair, I think people are at a, at enough of a distance from the, from the characters that you don't have to be, super on point with your uh <laughs> with your uh lip syncing of the audio that people are going to be super upset if you're not on point so <laughs> yeah that's definitely true i i am wondering if maybe they're thinking of it like almost like a, a distanced meet and greet where you know there's plenty of, of characters throughout disney parks that are there for meet and greets that don't say anything. And, and you, I guess, could make that same argument that maybe you expect that they could, and it would, it would heighten that experience. But, uh, but you know, I, I also don't know if it's an expectation. Like, I don't know. I don't know how many people complain about like when you go see Winnie the Pooh or Tigger, that they're not saying anything either. Yeah. I think it's a little bit different in that, uh, at least in this case, because um, since the characters are up higher, you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily going to see them uh, when you're like walking normally. But like if there was some audio, there would be a cue for me to be able to like, I may not necessarily see them, but I could hear them and know to like find where that is. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. You, you're right about, you know, the other characters not actually saying anything. Winnie doesn't say anything. Mickey doesn't say anything when they're in uh, in costume on the ground. But I think there's something as far as ground level that they can still kind of more interact with one person by like pointing to them. It's a little bit easier for them to kind of like, uh, like acknowledge people on that level whereas these these sure. puppets are up higher so interacting with the crowd is a little bit harder to do yeah i don't know yeah no i got you i i also think too it's uh i think this is this is uh this is perhaps the practicality of the parks at play here where they're thinking about maybe ways to spice up uh things without spending a lot of money and this is one of these areas that uh you know it can't imagine that they deconstructed whatever small little set area that they use the puppets are clearly still there so i have to imagine it's pretty low-hanging fruit to bring them back right yeah. so i think uh i think there's that aspect to it too of just like hey it's uh save a little money and and uh you know make a little extra surprise here i think if i me seeing it for the first time i would expect audio yeah that's a that's a fair point for sure 
Um, but so I think it is not a it, it, it's not something you're going to disagree with that the that the Muppets have been underrepresented. Is that is that accurate? Oh, I totally agree. I'm uh, I'm, I'm surprised, man. Like, what do you think? Like, what would be your ideal kind of Muppet experience? Is it like that kind of like Muppet show live kind of uh, action sort of um, spectacle, which is kind of what Muppet Vision 3D was envisioned as is it that kind of a thing or is it like a dark ride or what would your what would your what would your dream project be? oh no i enjoyed the i think it was 40 the muppet 40 because they had the the squirt oh, yeah. of stuff so it was a little more than 3d uh but uh i enjoyed the the muppet vision uh 4d experience uh i enjoyed that i think i would even just like them like interacting from the buildings that just like them telling jokes and stuff back and forth or doing some kind of like little performance from there. And you definitely have to have uh, the two older guys. I think I can't remember their names. It's like Waldorf or something. I can't think of them just cutting up on people would be hilarious. So um, if you're not going to have the 4d experience, I think just even the limited uh, experience from the from the buildings is great, but yeah, my idea of a Muppet thing would be the Muppet Vision 4D. That was that was perfect for me uh, because I mean, mm. what am I used to seeing? Really, I mean, I grew up watching the the Muppet Show, where it was basically you know the the skit show, and it's kind of hard to put on like in normal uh but like that was what kind of the muppet vision was was it was basically doing you the the show um so right i don't know how that would be as a, a yeah ride, man though. <laughs> yeah i don't know it would it would have to be like mickey and minnie's runaway where it's just kind of like you know you're you're following action on screen or something like that right but uh I almost feel like, dude, like my uh, my year of dreams ideal kind of setup would be something like, um, you know, it's almost like you have a mini land, like you take that backlot area of DCA um, kind of off of Hollywood land and you turn that into like the Muppets backlot. And there's it, it doesn't have to be like big experiences. You could have like maybe some kind of like B or C level ride. But yeah, like that, like those kinds of like live interactions, like what you're talking about would be perfect, but just like a small little area dedicated to that, I think would be, uh, would be so awesome, dude. It's, it's just like, you could do that so easily. Uh, and you know, who knows, maybe, maybe we'll get that right after we get, uh, new Tomorrowland at Disneyland why, as well. Now, one thing I would question is why isn't there a Swedish chef restaurant? See, this is what I'm talking about. Perfect. Perfect for the uh, the Muppet Backlot experience. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Dude, that's money right there. Let's let's uh let's send that along. <laughs> write that uh write that suggestion. Drop it into the uh the suggestion box. I'm sure I'm sure that'll 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 that's a high priority item for him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so but since we're talking about Disney World right now got another update with the uh, the rise of the resistance boarding process it's been quite a journey for the uh, the parks really to figure out that sweet spot with past distribution and 
and guest expectation on if uh, on if on if you actually get a chance to even hop on the ride at any point. If you kind of go back to where they started, uh, the uh, the whole kind of process began with basically being first come first serve as you scan into the park. That started with Hollywood Studios. You had people just really lining up at like 2 a.m. to uh, to ensure that they were going to get a spot. But basically, if you showed up early enough, you were guaranteed a spot. So then that shifted to one single massive reservation drop right at the official opening time. That's what you and I both had the pleasure of experiencing that carried over to Disneyland. Uh, that was pretty much the case up until the park shut down. Um, but since Hollywood Studios has reopened, they first started with a um, first started with a two reservation drop system, where basically right as soon as the parks opened again, you had an opportunity, and then at two p.m. again, you had another opportunity. So it kind of spaced it out, feeling a little bit better. Now Hollywood Studios is uh, is shifting one more time, but basically uh, they're still using that two reservation window system, but the first window is at 7 a.m. and can be accessed before even scanning into the park. Uh, second, That second window does remain at 2 p.m., but the idea, it seems like, is that you uh, before you even start your day, you have a pretty good idea of uh, of whether you're part of that first group or not for Rise of the Resistance. So, uh, so if you are, great. You can be super excited about it. If you're not, you can kind of mentally prepare for that second uh, that second window at two p.m. or maybe the, just the fact that you aren't going to be part of it and then don't have to show up right at park opening uh, and be disappointed later. But uh, but it does sound like an improvement to me. Uh, I don't know about you, Henry. That sounds that sounds a little bit better. Yes, actually, I saw a little bit about this. Um, actually, I, I watched a video on this guy who uh, went through the system and even experienced oh, yeah. uh, the changes of the ride with the plexiglass and stuff. Um, so yes, he says that COVID, uh, right? Yeah, COVID plexiglass. So he, yes, he was able. He was he was able to actually like get into the queue, like uh, into the queue from his his home. Uh, oh, nice. Okay, local. Yeah, so he's a local, um, and uh, but he did say, yeah, people can basically if you're in your hotel room, you can you can you can sign up uh, from there. But uh, he did say that they still seem to go pretty fast. The the past sure. went pretty fast. Um, so, the, but it seems like uh, he did say the the ride seemed to be going well, and they were speeding through, uh, getting people on and off pretty quickly. Um, they did have the plexiglass up now um, in various points during the ride uh, experience. And uh, it seems like um, from what he was saying is that, uh, and it, what it looked like to me is that you don't probably, if you're really, really excited for this ride, this is probably not the way you want to experience for the first time. Sure. Uh, yeah. Because uh, there's a, I mean, it, or at least uh, you want to go on it, try and go on it multiple times because 
there's certain points in the ride where you're like even actually before the ride like uh when you're in the briefing room and in the and the shuttle and whatnot and there's places where they have plexiglass blockers for people and you could be put mm. in a position where you actually can't get a good view of what's going on oh that's not good yeah i mean there are areas there are places you can stand where you'll get a perfect view but there's a lot of areas you could they and you can't move around because of right. the the blocking the so it's if you can't see you can't see you're not gonna see so um, yeah so that kind of stunk but when you're on the ride it did it did seem like uh in specifically if you're in the back row because if if you have more than four people uh you're probably going to get the car to yourself but if you got four people or less you're probably going to be sharing with somebody else. Uh, and if you're specifically getting the back row where you're going to have plexiglass in front of you, uh, it is very reflective. And, uh, and I guess you could see stuff on the, on the plexiglass itself. So it, your mm. view could be, uh, obstructed to some degree. So, yeah. uh, Maybe if it's your first time, you'll you'll be fine with it. But uh, it definitely, I, I could even just watching the video, you could see a bunch of reflections off of it. So, but mm. you know, it is what it but, is. I mean, you I, get I, to ride it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's kind of like that is what going to Disney at this point in time is. Right. Like it's you're 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 making a ton of concessions, knowing that you're going in for a modified experience and you're either okay with it or you're not. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it, it's like, that's the mindset you have to be in when visiting any of the parks right now, because yeah, it's just not business as usual. It's, it's, uh, it is quote unquote, uh, copyright the new normal. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's just part of the experience, I guess you could say, but yeah, man, I could imagine after going through all of this, um, and just, you know, even like you're saying, it's still, there's still a high demand for it. So those passes are going quick. So waking up at seven, getting a pass, waiting in line, getting under your, uh, getting onto your shuttle craft, whatever that thing is, uh, and then just being positioned poorly behind plexiglass, that would be pretty frustrating because chances are you're not getting on it again that day, I guess, unless you're lucky enough to also get a pass at two. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that sounds, that sounds rough, man. Yeah. But I mean, even the guy who, who did the video said, you know, it was, it was not a great, ex it was not a ideal experience, but because of it, you can get more people onto the ride and more people can experience it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a welcome change just to get more people on, uh, for yeah. that reason, that purpose. Fair enough. So do you, do you foresee whenever Disneyland does end up opening, <laughs> uh, do you think that this is, uh, they're going to use this kind of system as well, or are they going to go back to the old way? I imagine anything that's going on at, at, uh, Disney world will be transferred over. So I think so. Right. Yeah. 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 I think that's a safe bet too. I, it, <laughs> 
if nothing else, man, it really was a, I don't remember if you observed this as well. You probably did, but it was just such a strange experience to show up to Disneyland at rope drop. And it'd be, first of all, just packed. Usually you get a little bit of time at rope drop before things get crazy, but it was packed. And then within two, maybe within like the first five minutes of the park being open, just everyone flooded out. <laughs> it was like everyone showed up. It was a lot of locals, clearly. Uh, maybe some people on vacation too, but it was a lot of people showed up first thing in the morning to try to get a pass. And then either they did for later in the day or they didn't get one and they just bounced. <laughs> and so it was just really strange being on Main Street, USA, uh, Main Street USA and just like going against stream of just like people funneling outside of the park at like whatever it was, 9 a.m. Yeah, I think uh, I saw like we totally had the whole like everybody in that in Main Street USA and they're all looking at their phones and then you would start hearing people yeah like you know yeah, cheering yeah. stuff as they got uh, their pass but while some people did leave we didn't have as many people leave uh afterwards so um a lot of people just actually continue to stay in the park so uh but it, it is kind of weird to see just everybody like uh like sitting in the in the square just like one the lines to get into the park were ridiculous uh yeah. and then everybody just staring at their phones trying, <laughs> waiting to get a pass is just kind of Dude. weird so nothing stung worse no i would say there is there is no worse feeling in uh in your disney park experience then first thing in the morning hearing people cheering as they're getting their passes and still struggling through the reservation system like it was uh, what a terrible feeling that is yeah i mean i was hearing them uh, a lot of people like getting them before we got ours but thankfully it, it didn't take too long to get ours that's when the panic starts to to seep in. Like that was definitely like, oh, 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 come on, come on. Oh, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. Yeah. I didn't panic too much about that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Firm. Stone. The man of stone, Henry Hall. Uh, well, so Rise of the Resistance and 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 the news regarding its uh its updated pass system was just the little tease from uh from Walt Disney World, because right now it, it really is just about the holiday season starting up at Magic Kingdom, kicked off on Friday, seemed like at least from a lot of the previews and a lot of the videos and vlogs and reviews that, of course, we on the West Coast have to experience uh, through other people's excitement. Um, it seemed like there just was a lot more theming there than there was for Halloween, uh, still that stripped down experience, uh, where, you know, things are maybe a little more modified. You're not getting quite the, the, uh, the big blowout that you normally would, but you know, at least for me, dude, just seeing those, those holiday character cavalcades, the, uh, the Christmas decorations, the jingle cruise, dude, uh, you know, Cinderella's castle with all of those, uh, digital projections, man, it, uh, it really did get me 
feeling jealous for uh for being on the west coast where where our parks are closed right now because it was like again it was that feeling of just like oh i want this so bad right now oh yeah and then not to mention seeing all the you know the uh wdw show going through showing what the the treats were going to be the holiday treats oh I knew that was going to get you. Yeah. I, I was like, I think I even like said, man, I don't want to see this, but I want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm going to, I'm just going to close my eyes and listen to you eat this and pretend that I'm tasting it. Oh, <laughs> uh, this brutal. Yeah. It, uh, but I mean, you know, it is, it, it was one of these things, man. I mean, I, I, uh, I just go back to th- to when the parks were first talking about opening and just even wondering like, what are they going to do? Are they going to do anything? And they were like, yeah, it's going to be a modified experience. I mean, at least everything that they've been showing, I would be pretty happy with this man. Like this is like, this is pretty good times for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, particularly for the holiday, for the holidays, it's easier to do because they didn't, you know, have the trick or treating or anything like that. So it's definitely something that's e- easier to get close to what you normally would experience, I think, at this point. But uh, with the holidays, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty. I'd be really, ha- I'd be happy with it myself. <laughs> yeah, right. I just want my peppermint Mickey shaped beignets, man. That's all. That's all I'm looking for right now. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, on on a on a less exciting note, I guess Disneyland Paris, who had initially been hoping to celebrate the holiday season right now, had initially been scheduled to be celebrating the holiday season right now. Uh, they're actually closed. They were forced to close their gates, unfortunately, as uh, as part of a COVID lockdown on order from. Uh, the entire country of France. So they uh, they closed at the end of Oc- at the end of October. Uh, yeah, so they closed their gates at the end of October. They did mention that they are hoping to be back open from December nineteenth to January third to actually get some of that holiday celebrating in. Um, definitely not a guarantee though. And then right after that, they'll close back down through February twelfth. So that is a pretty sudden and uh, extended closure there that's happening. And a little bit confusing. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's like, we're, we're going to reopen maybe <laughs> if the government will let us reopen by then and things have settled down. Uh, and then even if we do, we'll close right back down. It's almost like, I wonder if, I wonder if the situation was like, well, we've already, we've, we already have all of our holiday decorations. <laughs> and so, Maybe we can do something with it. I don't that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird one. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, not only are you going to close down, but then you have to reopen for what, two weeks and then yeah. bring back your employees for that two weeks or so. And then then send them back home for like an, over a month. And maybe yeah. it's just that's uh uh, but then I guess that we shouldn't be surprised as the times we're living in at this point. <laughs> yeah, right. It, well, exactly. And it's, it's really funny. Funny is not the right word, but it, you know, it is shocking if only because 
I'm kind of in this mindset, mostly because of kind of how the Florida parks have been operating. But um, but I'm kind of in this mindset of like when a park opens, it's pretty much going to stay open. Like it's not closing. And part of that is like what, you know, I feel that way about Disneyland where like one of the reasons that, uh, you know, governor of California has been so stringent is perhaps he recognizes that it's a lot harder to close the faucet back up after it's been reopened again. So, uh, but clearly not the case because, you know, we're hearing this about Paris now already had that happen at Hong Kong once before. I mean, it's all like government mandates that are, that are forcing them closed. But yeah, it's like the, the idea that just because your park has reopened doesn't mean that it won't uh, reclose is, is still a, is a thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I, th- I agree. I think that's what he, I mean, given the closing happened in these other countries where they probably have a bit more discipline over their, <laughs> over their populace than we definitely have here. And I would have to agree with the governor is like, once you open it up, you're not going to be, it's not going to be easy to close it back down. I mean, I'm sure you, you definitely could do it, uh, but it's, you're going to get much more fighting. If you can say that <laughs> to, uh, from the populace to, to keep it back open. But uh, I don't know. It, I agree that it would be tough to close it once it's reopened, but uh, I, I still want it open. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, it's just like the idea of any park reclosing again is pretty, it's a pretty wild idea. But yeah, to your point, it's like, you know, they're in the middle of a, of a major spike. It's sounding like in France right now with COVID. So, so everything's getting, it's, it's every, everything's closing back up. And, you know, it's right in time for the holidays. So yeah. take that for what it's worth. It's a, it's a bummer time to close, but that's that's what's going on. So, uh, so again, Disneyland, no longer the only Disney park closed. There are now two. But you, as we were talking about Disneyland a little bit, there's there's a slight update in terms of the the closure situation so it, it it is still closed and there's there's no signs of any changes or or updates at least in in terms of the guidelines from the state but we did get a letter co-signed by mayors of cities where eight of the largest theme parks throughout the state of California reside um that letter was sent to the governor of California governor Newsom um, specifically uh, kind of coming out against this fact that larger theme parks are positioned in the the kind of lowest risk category in terms of the the guidelines, which would mean that they would have to, which would mean, you know, they have the most stringent guidelines to get to a point where they can reopen, but then also um, that reopening is with a very limited uh, group of guests and they can't expand past that limited group of guests until we're assuming we're given the all clear with COVID. So anyway, this, uh, the letter states, quote, the guidelines put forth by your administration were released within the framework of prioritizing public health and safety for guests and employees. This is the right focus. However, 
economic and public health are not mutually exclusive goals. Uh, We are concerned that the state's guidelines would push reopening of large theme parks up to a year out, which would have significant negative impacts on hundreds of thousands of jobs, thousands of small businesses, and billions in operating revenue for our cities. So this is from the mayor of Anaheim, Los Angeles, San Diego, San Jose, Fresno, Bakersfield, Riverside, and Santa Ana. So taking the approach that that you were talking about uh, and that we were discussing two weeks ago when these guidelines were officially codified, uh, but just really the focus of like, you know, it's great that we're prioritizing public health. That's important, obviously, but that there are economic impacts here. And, you know, I mean, the line in there is pretty much exactly what we were talking about, which is, you know, economic and public health are not mutually exclusive goals. So, uh, you know, while while this public health is being prioritized or having major economic impact, you know, it's I think ideally they're hoping that maybe there's some wiggle room somewhere so that, you know, I don't know, there could be some kind of change. But anyway, still pushing there. Um my guess is this is leading up to that lawsuit that was hinted at that was being prepped right by uh by some of these um by some of these localities where these parks are so this is the like hey we've done our due diligence we've reached out um but yeah Gavin Newsom hasn't really said anything publicly about this um but the last time he spoke about the parks which was uh, 2 weeks ago a little less than 2 weeks ago Um, He did remain firm on his concern with the reopening of large theme parks in the midst of a global pandemic. So uh, no movement there, at least in terms of getting closer to the parks opening, but uh, but a little more forceful language from from mayors, uh, at least a a kind of a um, a team effort, if you will. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But yeah, so the the wait for turkey legs pickles and mint juleps continues. Yeah, I don't think you're they're going to get much from this other than like you said they're setting up for a lawsuit which by the time it gets anywhere I think uh hopefully we're past this but uh I don't know. <laughs> Nobody does, yeah. right? Like that's the hard part. <laughs> Nobody knows. I mean, it's you know, one would think that uh that um, it's rough timing to be uh, suing the state for to reopen the park earlier than kind of was than is listed in the guidelines when uh, you know the country is currently in the worst period of COVID that it's ever experienced. But uh, but so yeah, I don't know if that I don't know if that works in their favor or not. But but we'll see. I don't. It'll, I'm sure. I'm sure there's many other chapters to be written in this. Uh, in this uh in this soap opera here yeah it's 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 just uh, um i mean i think the the whole idea of keeping the parks closed and and forcing people keeping people from working is just gonna kind of get harder well i wouldn't say harder but uh it's gonna be more more uh in people's face as we get closer and closer to the holidays, because, you know, now we're going to go into the, to Thanksgiving and people are going to say, well, I can't afford a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, so 
And then, of course, then after that is I can't afford presents for my children or stuff like that. And and it's it's and it it's a frustrating time because, you know, yeah, you want to be safe. But, yeah, I need to still live. And you're basically asking me to not live <laughs> so I can be safe. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a tough one. There there needs to be some gray in between and it's it's right now it's all black and white. Yeah, well, and I mean it's it's worth stating too that on top of all of this, I mean there we we are in the midst within the next 70 plus days of a uh, of a major federal changeover in terms of government too. <laughs> yeah. So one has to wonder, like, is that going to change the dynamic? Maybe that opens up a few levers, at least in terms of unemployment or in terms of, you know, assistance or in terms of whatever, that if these parks are going to remain closed for longer, uh, maybe it does help with the employees that you're talking about that are, that obviously are struggling pretty heavily with, with uh, no work. So so we'll see. I mean, it's not, again, not the easiest thing to do to wait this one out, but it's not like we have uh, another option at this point, unless I guess they do sue and it's a, it's a fast <laughs> trial, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's a, it's a frustrating time just cause you, you literally are at the point where I think uh, people start to get desperate because they do feel part powerless at this point. And it's, 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 it's not a good feeling. I mean, no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, so we don't have the parks themselves open, but we do know that uh, there is some limited shopping and dining uh, going on at Buena Vista Street at Disneyland California Adventure. Uh, we now do have an opening announcement from Disney, along with a few of the extra details around this. So first off, it's confirmed that it will be opening on November 19th, and it is being considered an extension of downtown Disney. So I think this was something you had called that basically what they were describing felt more like downtown Disney than anything else. And so here they are actually calling it like it is uh, that this is a downtown Disney extension and, and it could also be, you know, strategic way of skirting around the idea of no opening of theme parks of like, Oh, well, we already have a mall that's open. So technically this is part of this mall, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it could, as long as you're not on any rides, still close, yeah. close to being a mall. Oh, unless you're at the great mall where they have a theme park in the mall, but <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I wonder what's going on there. Uh, yeah. So, um, so then we also have a mobile wait list that will be put in place for when the area hits capacity. It's not an if, it's definitely a question of when. Uh, and this will be similar to what's going on with World of Disney or other shops. When they fill up, you put your put your name and your phone number on a waiting list and you get a text saying, hey, it's your time uh, to wait in another line, I think. Uh, so yeah, come on in, come on in and wait. So, uh, so yeah, so that'll be, that'll be in place. And then we know that uh, Carthay Circle will be getting, they they referred to it as a seasonal menu. It wasn't exactly a holiday season menu, but it was a seasonal menu. Uh, and there, was, there wasn't any other kind of word on other holiday specific treats or theming throughout the area. 
So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, they did call out as well. Mobile order will be in full effect and encouraged for both smoke jumpers and award wieners. And, uh, and last but not least, the, uh, the parking lot being used for downtown Disney will now be implementing a $10 parking fee. It was previously free, but, uh, but yeah, they're going to be charging for that now. I definitely saw, uh, some disappointment on, um, might've been the subreddit might've been a Facebook group or two, but uh, there were annual pass holders that kind of voiced their disappointment. Let's say that there wasn't uh, some option for, especially if you got one of the higher level of annual passes that was supposed to include parking, that that, uh, that wasn't covered by this. So it doesn't matter if you're an annual pass holder. It doesn't matter if you're the highest level of annual pass holder. You're going to have to pay $10 like everybody else if you park in the lot. I guess technically you could still, you know, if you're staying at a hotel or if you're parked locally, you could still come through the Harbor uh, Boulevard entrance. But uh, but yeah, that uh, that free parking is uh, is no longer a thing. So that's kind of a bummer. But overall, man, it does sound like good times, right? And uh, though I am a bit surprised about this lack of call-outs for holiday offerings right man like you'd kind of hope for snacks or maybe some decorations so i don't know man i'm, I'm kind of wondering now like is this even gonna be a thing that they're gonna try to do or is or is it just gonna be like hey we're opening up this area of the park that that's gonna be enough for now i think that's gonna be it for now i i mean i think i i am kind of disappointed that they're not doing the holiday snacks but i think they're of the mind that uh they don't have to do that because people just want to go there so badly that they don't have to put that extra effort in and that extra effort yeah. costs money and they're giving you as much of an experience as they're willing to really afford at this point. Um, and I definitely think the making people pay for parking isn't just to get money more money but uh, <laughs> uh it's also to try and also make it like a bit more of a you got to think about it before you go type thing because there's going to be a ton of people who are going to go to this and more people go to it when it's free yeah it is one of those things though man like you're not going to downtown disney not spending cash though right like it's not one of those places that you would go to necessarily hang out Maybe you'll get some people there that just want to look at what new merch is going on, but I feel like it's one of those places, dude, especially now like weekends are so crowded there. Feels like uh, you're not going to put up with all of that if you're just hanging out at Townsend Disney, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I mean, I think it's kind of one of those things where when it, when something's free to get into, there's opportunists who are just going to go yeah. because I can go. Uh, maybe, maybe they, cause I mean, since we are in kind of a lockdown situation, since we are in a lockdown situation, uh, people are looking for anything to do and this being that it's free to go down there and there's other people around, you might get more people around just maybe not necessarily spending money or they may still spend money. But when you think that, Hey, I got to pay money to, to spend money. You might think about it a little bit more. 
I'm not going to say that right. I'm not saying that it's going to thin out a lot of those people, but I think, I think those people who are just like, oh, I'll swing by for like a, a, a 20 minutes or something like, uh, you'd stop to think about it at that point, you know? Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, it does. I, I think I was reading something too about just the fact that they were opening this experience with uh, Buena Vista street. They they did have to, they did call back like a few hundred cast members. So those people at least getting put back to work. You get a few people getting put back to work, which is great. Um, it is still a bummer, man. It seemed like, it seems like a, uh, a slam dunk to just have even just a little bit of holiday flair. Like, are you feeling like there's going to be nothing? Like they're not even going to acknowledge it. It'll just be kind of whatever, or they'll bust out like some of the, some of the classics, like the wreath, Will the wreath be on the Carthay Circle building? Mm, I I don't think they're going to decorate uh, Buena Vista Street. I think they may put some decorations on downtown Disney, but I don't think they're going to do uh, Buena Vista Street just because, uh, like I said, there's, there's just such a, a cost involved with it. And... Mm. Usually, it's something to get people interested in coming to some degree, um, and they don't have to do that. And it's it's additional yeah. expense that uh, they probably don't want to incur. I they, there's probably gonna I mean there's gonna be like Christmas merch. Um, I just don't think you, course, you're not yeah. gonna you're just not gonna get the uh, even the like. Uh, edited experience <laughs> of of christmas for the most part because i think uh it's just a, a added expense that they don't want to incur that this is just trying to this is just trying to make more money and possibly putting some more people to work uh as much yeah. as they can um it's it feels like this is something that they're doing out of frustration but <laughs> you know there's something <laughs> yeah. they're trying to get something open uh but yeah i don't think they're going to put much forward to uh holiday decorations and it is uh sad but i think at this point anything at this point is is something no i mean listen it's uh you know, hey, if, if if we were in the area or if it was easy for us to go down there and uh, and just check it out, I would definitely go down there and just check it out and walk around and, you know, grab something at uh, grab something at award wieners. Man, those French fries are legit. I love those French fries. I'd be I'd be down. Oh, yeah. It still won't be the same. I think it would be, it would definitely make me feel really strange walking around in DCA and like being blocked off. <laughs> You know, like I want to take that curve up, uh, up past smoke jumpers and and go through Grizzly Peak and do all that. It's it's uh it's not going to be great. Like I said, I'm sure they're expecting runners, and that's probably a good thing because there's definitely going to be definitely going to be people wanting to get in there. Well, I imagine they're probably going to have barricades, so you're not going to be able to really run. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sure. uh, but that's it right. is it is like you know disappointing to be that close and not and not be able to go get the full on experience i don't know it, yeah i think you're 
you just kind of hurting yourself at that point, just being that close and to to what you want and not being able to have it. That it's probably best to stay away. But I would totally go if we were close enough. Uh, yeah, yeah. Experience it at this Dude. point. I want. I mean, Christmas is is. I mean, I always enjoy Christmas, and I never feel like I get enough. Uh, Christmas experience out of or um, get to experience enough of Christmas time because you're usually working and then you're trying to shop and then you don't really get to sit down and like just enjoy the holiday season Uh, and so I'm looking forward to Christmas hopefully brightening up my mood so to say since uh a lot of stuff has been canceled and closed, and uh, so I don't know. Hopefully, this year I'll, I'll get a, a decent Christmas. Uh. <laughs> Man, <laughs> took a real dark turn there at the end. Uh, yeah, let me let me try to pull us out of this downward spiral. <laughs> no, so yeah, man, it uh, it clearly. Anyone listening or just any Disneyland fan, uh, I'm sure feels the same way. It's like we're, we're, we're pretty grumpy about uh, about this extended closure. We're pretty bummed out for sure. So I, I did want to wrap up on on a fun post that uh, that came up at over at uh, over at inside the their article was, I thought, a, a, a good little bit of perspective, and it was a list of w- the stuff that has been worked on throughout this closure over at, Dis- mostly at Disneyland, a little bit at DCA, but mostly at Disneyland um, since March when the parks did close. Some of the stuff we knew already, obviously, uh, but it did make me feel a little bit better, man, Just uh, just giving me something to look forward to also kind of like reminding me exactly of like, oh yeah, like not only is it just going to be great that the parks are going to be open, but yeah, you, we have some other new stuff to look forward to. So only hit the highlights. They, they had a pretty decent list. So I would, I would recommend uh, going and checking out for sure. But of course, first and foremost, Haunted Mansion. Last time we saw it, right when the park was closing, it was going through an extensive refurb. Uh, this was both to remove the haunted holiday overlay, and they extended out that refurb time frame a little bit to supposedly get some some long overdue repairs um, completed. But the Orange County Register also recently wrote that quote construction crews have been spotted on the out uh, on the exterior of the classic dark ride, uh, in addition to the interior work being done. So. They're moving forward with that, man. It's uh, they, they. I think for the longest time we hadn't seen anything, so there there's progress being made, confirmed. Uh, for Snow White Scary Adventures, sounding like the exterior has recently been repainted with lighter colors to knock that scare factor down a little bit. If you remember this whole refurb that's been going on with Snow White's Scary Adventures, uh, the biggest rumor around it was that it really was supposed to maybe make it a little less scary because it's a pretty pretty frightening experience if you're really young and riding it so uh i think the the biggest kind of thing that at least i think i had heard about 
was that perhaps they were adding in a final piece to or a final area to the ride so that you don't end on that weird, scary uh, kind of hill scene where the Wicked Witch, uh, what is it? She rolls a boulder on herself and then it's just the end. Uh, It sounded like they were going to maybe implement something similar to the way that Disneyland Paris has, uh, has their ride set up where after that boulder crush scene, you then go into Snow White and uh, the Prince and the Seven Dwarfs kind of waving you off and sending you off into uh, into the uh, the rest of the park back back at the beginning of the ride. So, uh, so it ends on an upbeat, which it sounded like they were doing. So that anyway, exterior work has been uh, has been done on that as well. Um, and then we're getting those new entrances to Tomorrowland and Frontierland in part to kind of widen everything out similarly to what we had seen with Adventureland where that uh that entrance sign had got a had had been completely replaced I think just to widen it out a little bit make it a little easier to walk through sounds like that's what's going on over at uh Frontierland and Tomorrowland though Tomorrowland also was already in progress I think by the time the park closed yeah um and they were in the process of removing those french fry rocks it sounds yeah. like those are officially gone. So the French fry rocks are a thing of the past, Henry. R.I.P. Those things are so weird. I, I don't know what that. I don't know what the idea of those things ever were. Uh, it didn't make it any didn't make sense. It was like, why do these like quartz-like rocks have anything to do with tomorrow? A brighter tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? It's like um, I think I could be wrong here. I get I. Uh, I get my timelines mixed up in terms of just like bad Tomorrowland <laughs> refurbs, but I think it was like when they went that, that straight, like they were going to do initially, I think the plan was to do a big new Tomorrowland at Disneyland. And then they had the kind of catastrophe with Disneyland Paris. So they went with a stripped down idea, which basically ended up with, you ended up uh, removing the people mover and getting rocket rods and then it went from the land went from like that kind of bright um, white to that kind of steampunk brown, <laughs> right? Like they went with, I think they went, they were trying to go with the Disneyland Paris vibe where everything has kind of a Jules Verne aesthetic mm. and it's kind of like uh kind of like copper and brass, but they, it just did not look good, man. Like space mountain just looked like it just looked, uh, it just looked terrible. It was just dirt Brown basically. And, uh, and then, yeah, the French fry rock showed up. Like, it was like, what is, what's the idea here? <laughs> what, what is this? And then, so of course they quickly fixed it by painting everything else white again. But, uh, but obviously I think the rocket rods were done by then as well. So both, uh, people mover and rocket rods were, were a thing of the past. And then, uh, but the French fry rock stayed. Yeah. So now no more. Yeah. No more. Oh, and then and then there was one more. Uh, the other thing was Hyperion Theater. It sounds like it's had a little bit of a touch up with that cloud. Uh, what is it? The cloud wall that that is painted as to look like a, an extension to the set, and then a bunch of the frozen callouts had been removed because, of course, that uh, that stage show is is officially canceled. So we'll see what goes on at the Hyperion. But yeah, it's uh, like I said kind of was a nice sort of reminder of things that were in progress and that, you know, one of the questions that we've always had, I think a lot of people have had is like, 
you know, we hear these little bits and pieces of work being done, obviously over at, uh, over at Avengers campus. And then we've heard a little bit about that's going on with Mickey and Minnie's magical, uh, sorry, Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. So it's like, we've heard these little bits and pieces, but it's like, well, what of the, what about the stuff that was in progress? Like the haunted mansion or, uh, you know, or, uh, snow white scary adventure. So it's sounding like it's moving along, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was pretty, uh, pretty interested to see how, what, uh, how Snow White turns out at this point, because uh, they they talked about a, quite a bit of stuff going in there. So, and I'm yeah. of course as always, I'm looking forward to Haunted Mansion. I know uh, we have a mutual friend who actually uh, I, I, I chatted with. Uh, she was frustrated because she went through the ride and uh, outside of the uh, the holiday. Um, you know, makeover uh, when it was just regular haunted mansion, and she was complaining that it was too too dim, so you couldn't yeah. see anything. And she complained yeah. to the to the uh, to the cast members, and they were like, "No, that's how it's no, 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 no." <laughs> She's been there enough yeah. times to know that it was too dim, and I definitely would like to see some of that stuff like fixed up. Uh, so you can see it and, uh, and they'll just improve it when it, when it comes to the holiday, uh, makeover when that happens again. So, yeah, I haven't felt that way about the holiday stuff. I feel like the holiday stuff is always pretty bright when, well, uh, yeah. when it turns into haunted mansion holiday, but, or when it turns into, sorry, haunted holiday. But, uh, but yeah, like it's true. The haunted mansions always, it's recently felt especially dim. I feel the same way about like Peter Pan. Peter Pan feels really dim at times too. Uh, a few of those classic dark rides do, especially when comparing them not only to my memory, but also when you go to and just look at some of the overseas parks, it's like, Oh wow. Yeah. This is, it's actually well lit. <laughs> okay. I, I gotcha. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I don't, think i've had that problem with peter pan but definitely with uh i I agree that uh the holiday makeover for the haunted mansion does improve the visual but i think the thing is is that you need that makeover so you can see stuff now if if the whole ride is actually like relit hopefully that means like the holiday makeover will be a little bit better and functioning a little bit better in certain ways and whatnot like even at least going through the the uh the graveyard uh you have those like ghosts that are supposed to pop up it seems like some of them don't pop up (laughs) yeah (laughs) right so yeah yeah it'll be you know it's almost like it it will literally be like experiencing your favorite moments with a fresh coat of paint yeah right (laughs) that's so that'll be that'll be cool. Something to look forward to for sure. Oh, and uh, and there is one other quick little tidbit story. So it does. It turns out that the first theme park within California to open will be the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. <laughs> it's it's falling within that uh, smaller park category, so it can open in orange the orange part of the guideline but i guess the uh the local area is is now cleared in the orange so 
Uh, it sounds like they're moving towards opening, which means that they can have 500 people at a time that it can only be people in the local area code, unfortunately. Uh, and, uh, and what was the other thing? Oh, it has to all be outdoor stuff, but I guess they also have their own shopping areas like Neptune's kingdom down there is a, uh, is a shopping kind of, uh, play area too. So there are aspects of the boardwalk that are open to the public, but the rides themselves, um, are going to be limited to, like I said, that 500 with reservations and then only people in the local zip code, but something something's gonna open yeah it's gonna open just in time to be too cold to go there that's true <laughs> sounds miserable like as it is it's, it's cold here and we're not by the water i imagine it's even colder up there so but uh you know it's something <laughs> yeah i'm sure people will go yeah though again it's only that area but people will still go probably cool dude well dang man so we're, we're kind of wrapping up to the uh, the end of the year here. It's crazy. We're, we have, this is November. So we've got like a handful of shows left in the year. The big question in my mind is like, are there going to be any other big announcements this year? You think we're done? I think we're done for big announcements. Uh, I yeah. think the only big announcement we're, we're, we might get is that, hey, there's a lawsuit to open up the parks yeah. uh, in California. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. I see little tidbits here and there, but nothing huge. I think I saw like they they still had they actually had images of the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster cars and stuff. So there's still some kind of yeah, yeah. some kind of movement there, but uh, I don't think you're gonna get anything like huge until uh, at least until we can actually they can actually open Disneyland. So, um, yeah, that's true. I think, I think, uh, the only thing I could perhaps see is that maybe they extend the, the kind of Buena Vista street experience. They extend it out a little bit further mm -hmm. and then maybe they bring back the, uh, the food and wine festival mm -hmm. and actually do like a small kind of festival. I could see something like that happening. Um, especially if this is going to be a, a success, which, uh, I mean, I can't imagine that it wouldn't be, but maybe that's when things get a little bit of a holiday touch. Like if they have like a holiday market or something like that, that seems like maybe that kind of an announcement could happen. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm probably with you. The only big announcement really that could happen that we're all waiting for is confirmation that they have both turkey legs and pickles available at Buena Vista street and the pickles are extra spicy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think we're going to hear anything about that kind of stuff. <laughs> As in they won't have them or that if they, they do have them and we just won't hear about it. If they, I, I think that if they do have them, we're not going to hear anything about it. I think that's a, if they do have them. Uh, Henry's on his way down now. Yeah, well, I mean, we're close enough to like Thanksgiving that I'll probably try and get me a smoked turkey for for Thanksgiving. So, oh my, sounds good. Pickles as well, or oh, I already get is pickles. The, is that at the whole Thanksgiving uh, table? Uh, not necessarily, but it could be. I mean, I I'm keeping a supply of. 
of uh, <laughs> spicy pickles as it is, ordering them on a regular now. <laughs> it's on the it's on the dinner table, three sixty five. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast, so don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 39 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you in two weeks. Stay healthy, everybody. Henry! You take care, big guy. I'm going to talk to you soon. You too, man. Bye.